and welcome back to the film real cast. We have got a gem for you. Today, we are doing an exclusive Marvel film, The Origin of Hawkeye. Sam. <laughs> Hawkeye. Yes, yes. So, Stu. You wish we were doing that. Pardon? You wish we were doing that. That's what it is, isn't it? Oh, sadly, we're doing SWAT, <laughs> which well, is a bit but, of a cup it, down. It's got Hawkeye in, hasn't it? It has indeed, and it's got Hawkeye with uh, quite a major role in it, which makes a change. It's quite refreshing, to be honest. Yes, yes, absolutely. As a uh, as a anti-hero, there you go. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Yeah, it's 2003 SWAT. Um, it's a bit of a random film to do. I mean... I can tell you that, I mean, you didn't really want to do this film. No. And uh, when I actually said, let's do SWAT, you were like, oh, fucking hell, this is really shit, why, why? But I can tell you, no other film that I can remember that we've actually done um, has won the uh, MTV Music Award in uh, or Movie Award in Mexico. It actually won. See? It's got to be a good film because it's won the Mexican MTV Award. Well, it's got a 6 out of 10 rating on um, IMDb. I don't know what it is on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I think they asked the whole crew to give themselves a score on IMDb, and uh, I think that's why it's got a 6 out of 10. There we go. There we go. Yeah. I know. It's good. It's good. I was really pleased doing this. I felt like I kind of got revenge back on you for uh, for those shit films like Street Fighter, which nearly put me in a mental hospital. Well, this one so, took me. Uh, this took me three attempts to watch in the end. Did he really? <laughs> completely watch, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, oh, oh my god! I mean, let, 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 let's just begin because the sooner we begin, the sooner this will end. The pain. I think it's. I think it's great. It's basically a um, the SWAT team in America, um, and it follows a journey of them of uh, people getting fired, people getting hired, and uh, making a kick-ass team of people who are quite happy to fucking cockfight and be macho um, and the mission they go on and what happens. That's really the plot of it, isn't it? It is. It is. And you need to take a literally uh, a barrel full of salt. Uh, yeah. Because it, it's the most, un- it, it, there's no realism at all. Um, I mean, it's got some Oscar winning actors. It's got Samuel Jackson as Hondo, Colin Farrell as uh, Jim Street, Michelle Rodriguez as Chris Sanchez. Now, uh, I, I mean, let, let, let's talk about the cast, right? Let's talk about the cast. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. the way they play, okay? Samuel L. Jackson plays just like every other film, yeah? He plays Jules from uh, <laughs> um, yeah. fucking Pulp Fiction, doesn't he? Just a, yeah, yeah, just just Jules before he found religion, basically, isn't it? Um, yes. Colin Farrell, okay. He doesn't play the typical Colin Farrell, but he, he, he plays the trope hero, essentially. I've got a girlfriend, typical, typical, got a girlfriend, I've lost my girlfriend, except it's just, there's no depth at all. And then Michelle Rodriguez plays Michelle Rodriguez as she's played Michelle Rodriguez in every film where Michelle Rodriguez has starred. Is that unfair? Yeah, the only one who was different was Jeremy Renner, who had a speaking part in the film. So that was different. But apart from that, yeah, it, it did make me chuckle when I watched this film. And thankfully, I mean, I watched this, I think, three times. Um, and uh, you can literally walk out the room, come back in, and still not pay attention, but still work out what's happening. So it's a real popcorn film that you don't have to concentrate on whatsoever, because the storyline is a wafer thin. Yes, it is. It is wafer yeah. thin. 
You're absolutely right. I think right. it's great. Oh my, oh, it's, well, I don't, I don't. It's just like having, I don't know, a cocktail stick like sideways down your pee hole. Um, <laughs> oh, you also forgot, um, when we were going through the characters, obviously you do need, like in every single film, um, you need the captain as well. And you need a captain, the Captain Fuller, um, Larry Poindexter, uh, for a change, which is unusual in films, that he's the captain who shouts a lot, gets stressed easy, and doesn't like rogue cops, which is quite unusual in a film like this. You don't often get it, do you? He basically played the captain uh, as a Vader from The Shield, but just a worse version, I felt. Well, interesting that you say that, because uh, Clark Johnson, um, he was he directed a couple of episodes of The Wire, which is excellent, Homeland, and a few episodes of The Shield. And um, ah. uh, Neil Mortis... He directed, uh, or sorry, he was a producer of I Am Legend, 21 Jump Street, loads of the Fast and Furious, Passengers, which I didn't like, RIPD, which was shit. Total Recall. better than this film, but anyway, Dog moving shit. on. Green Hornet, which is shit. Um, and Jack the Giant Slayer, which is a really, really good kids film. So he's done some good ones, and he's done some awful shit ones, which I think he could probably add this to the list as well of uh, shit ones. Oh, shit ones, okay. I'm sure you wouldn't argue that, would you? No. No. No, so th- this wonderful um, work of art starts off at a, uh, a bank heist. Um, and uh, it looks like all, all kind of original footage, but the way they've kind of uh, cut it up, so it's made out as if it's kind of news footage and stuff like that. But yeah, and they, they did that towards the, the last fight as well, and uh, it didn't add anything to me. I just found it way more confusing um, especially when they added some of the, um, uh, the, the some of the news footage in that wasn't obviously news footage, and this was more. To be fair, this was more towards the end of the fight when they clearly were using a different camera, and it just confused the hell out of me, thinking, well, "What the hell is going on?" I mean, at least the beginning bit, kind of this bit, the way they did it, made more sense. At the end, that it's like all walked went out the window for, for, for the you know the, the last few bits uh, with, with, on the fight, you know, and they when they're bringing the naughty terrorist whatever guy back back. Yeah. I mean, but anyway, we'll get we'll get to that. But yeah, you're right. Um, I, I thought the use of these footage for this bit wasn't too bad. Uh, no, no, I mean, it was. There's a bank heist going on, and um, they shout out calling the SWAT. And uh, as the SWAT truck arrives, the rock music starts playing. And, oh, but it, what? But it wasn't. It, I didn't even like the rock music. Oh, the heroes! You need rock music. You can't have any other music. This film was basically five years too late. I think in relation to its soundtrack, it felt etc. But well, I mean, it me. was um, was it a budget of seventy million, and it made two hundred and seven million. So, uh, well, I, I, did, mean, I didn't go watch it the cinema. Stupid. I didn't go watch it the cinema. So, so, no, I didn't go watch it in the cinema. I missed out on a treat there. I wish I could turn back time and go and watch it because I bloody would do because it'll be fantastic. Um, so they're going into the bank, and they're all told to wait. I think there's a couple of gunmen outside just peppering down the police, um, and there's two gunmen inside, and there's hostages and stuff like that. Uh, but, and Colin Farrell and Jeremy Renner um, go onto the roof. They rope down in. Oh, they're so macho. I felt such a woman. I really did. I think my penis shrunk when I saw them jump out of the helicopter just because I felt so inferior. And <laughs> they land on top of the bank. Um, and, and they go inside. And basically, they end up in a store. Um, and they can see the uh, the gunman inside. And they see they've got a hostage. There's a, a newsman just filming over the hedge. Um, and by this time, all of the gunmen outside have been shot. The one who tried to get away has been shot by a sniper. Um, 
and Jeremy Renner does the, uh, it's just such a lot of bullshit. The only way he can disarm and free this hostage is by shooting her. And that's what he does. He shoots her. He goes against every order, the stand down order, wait. But no, he can't do that because he's a rogue. He's maverick. He's a hero. And he shoots her and uh, both the baddies get shot. And and that's it. What did you think of that? I was buzzing when this happened. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> You're such a pissed maker. Um, yeah, <laughs> I thought it was all right. It was, I was like, okay, I, I thought it was quite a good idea shooting shooting the victim, not not obviously killing them to you know save them. It kind of reminded me of a slightly better scene in Robocop. Obviously, he shot through the woman's skirt in this, in, you know. But I, I thought that wasn't too bad um, because it, you know you don't know whether she's going to get killed or not. He definitely saved the life though in the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was a good intro to the different characters. It was very quick. Jeremy Renner, you you naturally knew, was um, someone who just did what they wanted to do. And he had a record of breaking the rules and stuff like that. And Colin Farrell, for a change, which did make quite a refreshing change, wasn't the rogue maverick cop. He was the one who wanted to hold back. Uh, but because he's his partner, he went in there with him and uh, kind of backed him up. Yeah. So it was... It wasn't a wow intro, but it had the action in there. It wasn't bad by any means. I don't know what you thought about that. It was all right, but it was like every other film that that's that's been and gone since. You know, um, um, other 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 films have done it better. Yeah, yeah, other films have done it better. I completely agree. Um, but I mean, when you look at this, <coughs> excuse me, um, it says that. They first, I quite like reading these because it's usually the same names who come up, whether it's absolute bullshit or not, I don't know. But they said um, Arnold Schwarzenegger was considered for the role of Hondo, uh, but then he turned it down um, and Samuel Jackson got it instead. See, I, I would have been happy with Arnie doing that. It would have been a completely different Can you film. imagine that? For me, I, 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 that would have added to the film. Oh, it would have been awful, Oh, it, it would have been fantastic. Oh, given it, it an extra it would have point. Been, no, it wouldn't. It would have been brilliant. It would have been brilliant. I mean, because at, oh, at the end of the day, all you are getting with Samuel L. Jackson is Samuel L. Jackson. All you get with Arnold Schwarzenegger, to be fair to Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I find Arnie far more entertaining when he's playing himself. Put Montel in the chopper. Yeah, it would have been, been fantastic. Tongue in cheek. Oh, oh, God, it would have been, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Really as a critical, uh, when you're looking at the film with a critical eye, yeah, I, I'm with you there. It would have been worse. In terms of if you're looking at it to review it as a good movie, um, uh, yeah, I think it would have been worse. But for me, it would have been more entertaining, but probably for the wrong reasons. But I mean, okay, Mark Wahlberg. Imagine if it did happen. Mark Wahlberg was um, Jim Street, and Paul Walker was obviously cast as Jim Street as well. He turned it down because of uh, Fast and the Furious. Colin Farrell replaced him, as we know. Um, Vin Diesel was going to be um, LL Cool J's role. And but he was doing uh, Chronicles of Riddick, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger. Can you imagine a film like that? It just—I mean, that, 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 um, that'd be in the Expendables before the Expendables, wouldn't it? Yeah, Paul Walker's all right. Vin Diesel just doesn't offer anything. He's but then well, Paul Walker's all right, but he just once again, uh, this is becoming a trope for myself. And I'm saying this, he's very good at playing the same character in every film. A bit like Vin Diesel. Yeah. Plays the same character in every film. I mean, and, I, and I initially thought that, for example, you know, like about The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. 
but he doesn't. I, I, for example, it, that's another one where I thought he would play the same character in every film, but he's actually, to be fair to him, he's got far more range than most of the actors in this cast. And I never knew that would have happened, for example, you know. So so people, I mean, you've got these big brutes that are quite almost typecast if they're not careful, but it is possible to actually act and play different characters. But the people you've mentioned, no, you know? Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. I mean, when you look at Pain and Gain, um, that was completely different. I mean, I know it's about weightlifting and everything like that, and that's what The Rock's about, but I thought he was absolutely fantastic in that. I thought he was absolutely mm. brilliant. Yeah, and, Gridiron um, Gang as well. He's really good in that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like The Rock. Everyone likes The Rock. I don't know anyone who hates him. So, But from here, obviously, because he broke the rules, um, Colin Farrell and Jeremy Renner have to go in front of uh, Captain Fuller. Um to explain their actions and what they've done. And uh, Renner throws his toys out of the pram and says, that, uh, goes through the usual shit. If you're a desk jockey, you don't know. You haven't got to make these decisions. Bloody, bloody, blah. Um, is that the end of the film? Oh, no, it's not. Um, and uh, he quits. And Colin Farrell, he, he tries to get Farrell to grasp uh, Renner up and he can go on SWAT still. But at the moment, he takes him off SWAT and puts him in the armory, doesn't he? Yeah. In the cage. So, uh, in the cage, yeah, and, and that, but he's still kind of at the request of the other captain um, or the lieutenant, whoever it is. By then, I'd already not given a shit. Um, he's in and around the SWAT environment, isn't he? Because that's what matters. Yes, we love the so. Film. Oh god, yeah, he's fucking buzzing. Um, and from this, that's where you first um, get introduced to <coughs> um, <coughs> Jules from Pulp Fiction. No, it's not Jules, is it? Sorry. It's just difficult when you're actually looking at his acting. It's a uh, Hondo, mm. and he's old school, and uh, everyone loves him, and everyone gets an erection when he walks in. And it's just my heart sank when I saw Samuel Jackson, and I don't know why. I don't know why I just don't like seeing him so much in films. You know, what, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, it's just it's just he he's a fucking slag to films. He'll do any old shit, and it's. He can be good. I mean, in um, oh, what was the other film we did? Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, that one Nim wanted to do about the slaves. Django. I can't remember what it was. Django. He was really good in Django. Yes, I he thought. was. Uh, this is the, and this is the thing. He he can he can act. This is uh, I think this is what frustrating about good old Sam. He can act in other films he's proven to act really well in these yeah. films it, for whatever reason he just he chooses he just doesn't and it i think it is frustrating but these are just easy roles for him to take aren't they yeah but he just doesn't have to yeah yeah and for example about Django, i mean, I mean that's, i've got a love-hate relationship with that film but one of the best things about that film was samuel l jackson i can probably you know it, it, it was so surprising to see him um you know in in that role it, it was brilliant he was really really good yeah, but it was just, I don't know, he's not really done anything since then. I mean, even when he tried to do in The Kingsman, a different character, he played the uh, baddie in that with the lisp. It was just, it was just, it didn't work for me, you know? The, the Kingsman's a really, really good film. It's great action, really entertaining. But I just, I think I'm, I've just got issues with Samuel Jackson. I, I'd, I'd love to see him do like a really serious film. I don't know what kind of film he'll do, but I'd love to see him expand his abilities and to show everyone that 
he can act properly in a film where the script is really tight and he has to kind of work out and possibly get out of character from what he usually does. I think that'd be really, really refreshing. But at the moment, it's really hard to take him seriously and give him any credit and any roles he does because it's all jewels in one way or another, isn't it? Yeah. I'm glad you agree with that. Glad you agree. Well, I thought you were going to argue. Probably wanted you to argue, but... <laughs> no, 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 you're good. Excellent stuff, excellent. Um, yeah, so Hondo, or Samuel Jackson, comes in and he uh, he meets Jim Street, Colin Farrell's character, um, and wants him to clean the guns. That's basically what he does. Clean shoes and clean guns and stuff like that. And he asks him to clean this gun. Don't change your sight. Don't do this, because it's a very precious gun and it's part of my penis. Um, cause I am so macho. And when he comes back with the gun, um, Colin Farrell's been up all night. You get, you get the feeling that Colin Farrell is job pissed, isn't he? Yes. As they say in the, in the place when you're just absolutely obsessed. Um, yeah. but then again, he's got, other than the brief spat of his girlfriend leaving him, which is once again, another cliche. Um, we yeah. don't really, we don't, we don't really learn enough about these characters. And this is one of the problems with films like this. When you've got a multitude of different characters, it's hard to care about them or at least invest your emotions in them when you're watching the film. And this is why, for example, when you look at something like The Shield of the Wire, um, this is one massive exa- example. This is one massive advantage that a TV series has over a film is, is, is in relation to building the characters up. And, you know, and they had a case of two... It was a two-hour film, but they had too many characters to try and, um, you know, find out their motivation and things like that. And I think that's why, for example, when you look at similar... Well, not, I don't want to say similar films, but like like, like your Die Hards, the first three at the very least, for example. Um, yeah. Uh, like action in the same genre do so much better because you've you got a focus on Bruce Willis' character, maybe like one or two, you know, the odd side character and, and the villain. And, and and it's done much better. I mean, do, do you think it's a case of two that they, they try to squish in too many characters? Um, I, I think they possibly do, but I think the problem is at no time, even uh, Colin Farrell's character, at no time do you really care and there's no risk to any of the missions they're doing to the fact that are they going to die? Do you care? So at no point did I give a shit if any of them actually died. And that's the problem. You lose any climax or any tension in that film where when there's a shootout or anything like that, that you don't care if any of them, LL Cool J, um, Rodriguez, any of them, um, you don't care if they get killed or not and they're out of the, the plot line. Um, no, you don't. You don't really care, and they get shot. You know they're going to probably be okay. But no, you're right. Yeah, and, and and I think that that does hurt the film somewhat. I mean, don't get me wrong. The set pieces aren't horrible. The actual sequences, you know, if anything, you know, they're, they're good. Other films, as I mentioned, have have done it better. But it's the absolute lack of caring, um, at all. Yeah, exactly. And um, and that's the issue through the whole film that you don't give a shit, and uh, and that's the difference between this and something, I don't know whether it's something written well or acted well, but um, the storyline is so thin and so basic that it's just one, it kind of plateaus out and it doesn't go up or down at all. It's just quite monotonous, isn't it? In the action, which is good. Don't get me wrong. the action is good, but when there's action and no tension to it, as in we could lose a character, which is valuable to the storyline, um, it helps, but, when there's no real storyline, 
you don't give a shit and that was my issue through the whole film but so from there um they obviously jerry ran and jacked it in and uh he hondo comes back and takes his gun and he's really impressed and there's a bit of man love in the uh in the armory between them both and he asked him to go out for a ride and basically the idea of this is that the captain um who well, i've got issues with which is a complete bollocks fucking storyline i mean you've got a team obviously any police force serve and protect keep whatever safer um you want the best officers out there and you want them to succeed and you want members of the public safe don't you yes you do and that's what you want so when you get a police captain who is quite happy he wants hondo to hire um three people into the swat team young people and train them and he basically wants him to fail and if he does fail then he quits and colin farrell quits and and it's just absolute bollocks isn't it you're gonna fail i know you will so i just don't understand the logic in that no i, I think they, they try to do like a kind of like a side plot etc and, and the other issue is okay if you wanted to fail but then it then but but this is you know the, the, that little plot point was never ever explored why did he want him to fail then you, you, you know yeah. um, um and I th- they didn't really have enough time there's too much going on in this film and so so you're right they should have just re- either write an interesting storyline of why he wants him to fail maybe there's some bizarre backstory or as you suggested i think com- they didn't have the time they didn't do it completely forget it there's no point to it yeah it was just ridiculous if you fail you're fired and you're, you're never going to work again and also um colin farrell's fired as well so what i'd start to say why do you want them to fail do you want members of the public to die or, or, or what is it? It was just, it's just macho lines throughout this film, which didn't hold any weight. And you kind of thought, yeah, fuck off. We'll just carry on. It was just ridiculous. But, and also going through, I mean, sometimes you kind of reverted back to the 1970s in this film, a life on Mars. When you went through the hiring process, first of all, they went and met LL Cool J, um, and I don't know why they were impressed with LL Cool J. His little scenario, because um, each one had one, was he went to arrest someone on warrant. Um, I think they were hiding in the house and there was a foot chase. And Colin Farrell and uh, Samuel Jackson were around the corner. And it was Samuel Jackson who ended up apprehending him. Um, and he said, do you want to go to SWAT school? Uh, and there was no kind of rhyme or reason behind it, was there? It was just yeah. It was it was yeah. Okay, let's go to sports school. Get get let's get a team together. Um, just yeah. I mean I mean in hindsight, I'd much rather them be the team at the beginning, and then you could have explored them a bit better rather than hiring them. You know, straight from the beginning because I felt that even though that scenario built up at the beginning, uh, obviously with uh, Colin Farrell's character and Hawkeye. Yeah, which yeah. which came to to a crescendo. I felt so much time was wasted in that, and and finding this new team it was completely pointless. Um, uh, yeah. For example, when when we met uh, Michelle Rodriguez's character, Chris that Sanchez, was dreadful. Oh, oh yes, yeah, so they're looking for a God. guy. Well, you a woman? Yeah, yeah, I'm a woman. Uh, do you want to apply? Do you want to apply for SWAT? Yeah, I, I love applying for SWAT and failing or whatever she said. It was just like, oh my god, it was just the worst dialogue. It was so yeah. cheesy. It was and- so oh god it's just unbelievable i loved it because it was so american macho bullshit walking through an er you've got all of these kind of hispanic gang members with bruises and moaning that they've been beaten up and it's just not fair and then they walk in they say oh sorry sorry we were looking for chris sanchez i am chris but you're a woman 
she's a woman. She can't be a woman. She's beating up some men. And it was just <laughs> nonsense. And, oh, and it was the typical one-dimensional acting uh, from Rodriguez of frowning and just moaning and just being so fucking hard. It's unbelievable. Uh, it is just awful, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. She's another one. I'd love to see her abilities tested in acting and not do a role. But she doesn't. I mean, but, I mean, Fast and Furious, Resident Evil, this film. Yeah. I'm sure. I know, obviously, I know, I know the others from the top of my head. It's the same role. It's kind of like Samuel L. Jackson. But to be fair to Samuel L. Jackson, he has he plays the same freaking character nearly all the time. But we know and we've seen proof that he can actually act. Yeah, and even Captain Fuller, when he's sitting at the desk, no to Jim Street, no. No to Sanchez because she's a woman. I mean, what fucking like decade do you live in? It, it's just so macho, isn't it? And that, and Samuel Jackson doesn't even comment on the fact that well, you can't not let her in. She's a woman. It's just so sexist and stereotypical of these kind of films. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but but I mentioned this is like this film seemingly. I mean, had it come out and. The 90s, dare I say the beginning of the 90s, like 91, 92, or whatever, I think it probably would have been more successful. Um, yeah. Uh, but no, oh, yeah, you're right, it was. It was just eye-rollingly bad, some of those some of those it scenes, etc. And also, you went from one thing to the next. You you went from these badasses, who they were hiring, to then going downtown and meeting this copper who's got a, an immaculately clean record. Uh, he's like a neighbourhood officer. He knows everyone. Um, and they were sitting there and they were saying, are you willing, sometimes on a mission, you have to do like the dirty thing? Like, and he doesn't understand. And then he wouldn't, they wouldn't hire him because he wouldn't eat a hot dog. And Samuel Jackson says, I don't trust a man who won't eat an American hot dog. It's just awful lines, isn't it? It yeah. really is awful. It is. And I bet when he read those lines, he thought, yeah, fucking A, this is great. <laughs> just a fucking cockfight. <laughs> and it's just pathetic. When he read the script, he was like, right, that's it. I'm in. I'm in. That's the yeah. scene. That's my. Yeah, I, that, I want that. I want that to go to the to consideration for the Oscars. Um, exactly. Yeah. Well, it wasn't in the script, and he made it up himself. Uh, that wouldn't. Like, you know, to be honest, to you, that would not have surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, "Well, you fail, and you will fail, and um, you'll all be fired, and and that's it." And then the next minute um, was the the tropey training montage of the whole team just being it's just a one continuous cockfight and macho back slapping and high-fiving isn't it but the, i mean the, the, and this is the thing i mean i mean we see them at the end of we see them training together don't we yeah we yeah. kind of like got like some montage and then we see you know at some point we see that colin Farrell's quite good he ends up te- before he joined the SWAT team officially he ends up testing it against some of hondo's guys uh, and obviously we get we get our team together and then it seems the actual story actually starts about an hour into the film with obviously the uh, our terror our, our French naughty man, um, I, I've, I've got the page up now. I've got the trivia up now. And played by uh, he's, he's played by the, the, the our bad guy. Um, his uh, or his character name is uh, I think it's Alexandra Montel. Montel. Olivia Martinez yeah. plays. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought he was right in it. He was a, a goodish bad guy, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, it was typical, wasn't yeah, it? It, it? It was stopped because of a, a dodgy tail light, as they say, you, you know, rear, rear brake light, rear light, or whatever you want to call it, which I thought was interesting. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, 
I, I mean, there well, was what got him in trouble was the car belonged to his uncle. That's it. His yeah. uncle had warrants out for his arrest. He couldn't prove who he was. No, and he killed his, his uncle passport. at the uh, at the party to show how badass he is. Yeah, and his passport was dodgy. So, um, due to not proving his ID, um, he was brought in. And uh, but the bit before that amazed me. Bearing in mind, you had the the nine eleven atrocities, and he flew through through an airport and he got stopped by uh, airport security and had this knife on him um that was a flick knife and they, they are well, i don't know what it's like in america but they are illegal in this country and the fact that they said but you can't have this you can't travel with this and this is illegal and it's oh, it's a present and then they gave it back to him and said post it back to france i mean what the fuck's that about if they would have found tnt or dynamite in his suitcase you can't have this Post it back. There you go. We'll give it back to you. What, I mean, what the hell was that about? I mean, it's utter nonsense, God isn't it? It's just, oh I mean, my. What kind of security is that? I know. <laughs> I walked through with AKs and stuff like that. Sorry, they're illegal. We're going to give them back to you, but you must post them back, okay? It's just nonsense. It, it really is. It, it was a reflection of, I'm sure, how strong security was and it's just bollocks, but um, there you go. So it, the climax of their training, um, which is being kind of overseen and governed by the uh, Captain Fuller, is a hostage scenario on a plane, which usually, apparently, according to them, it's on a bus, but a plane makes it a lot harder. Um, so they go through that, and, they, and it, they need to do it. Is it in seven minutes? Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and, they, and they do it with <laughs> three minutes left because they're good. They're that good. Because oh, they are fucking very good. And uh, you see that TJ is the only one that does get shot and he covers it up. And I take it that no one else noticed apart from the SWAT team um, noticed that he got shot. Is that right? Yes. So would they have failed that scenario if he would have got shot? No, I think they would have carried on just with one casualty, I guess. Okay, right. Um, yeah, so he gets shot and they break it record-breaking time. And the captain's really annoyed that these officers are successful and can protect the uh, members okay, of the public. Yeah, yeah and, and basically help him do his job better. Yes, yeah. So it must be shit. And then um, the next scene, which is another blah, 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 which is I wrote down in my notes, was when uh, Rodriguez goes out with um, Farrell and they go to a bar and they bump into Jeremy Renner. And uh, again... Who, who'd I forgotten about at this point? <laughs> so so yeah. nice to be reminded that he was in the film. Yeah, it was just another non-important confrontation that didn't really need to be in the film. No. So, and um, then you see them all out the next time, all their families or girlfriends and all, uh, different shit like that. And they're, um, this made me laugh. They're, they're called to a hostage situation. And a, a little while back at the start of the film, Colin Farrell invents this, this long kind of metal tube with a hook that you can shoot through a house. Um, and he says it's be really handy for a hostage scenario where all the doors are covered with like bombs, IEDs and uh, there's no access in there and you can just go through and rip through the wall. Yeah. And it's really handy and appropriate that this next scene is a hostage situation where all the doors have got IEDs on and there's no way of getting in. And it's just, this scene was just made and written just because they needed to use that prop. Wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely right. It, 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 it was nothing. It didn't aid the storyline at all. Um, it was really short. It, it just, it was it's just fucking annoying to be honest. It really didn't need to be there. No. So, but, but yeah, I, I thought you'd enjoy that. I knew you'd be fucking high fiving yourself when that part happened. 
so, I high five myself when the credits came, but then <laughs> the song upset me. So, so, so I, I failed my high five. I missed my own high five in the end. <laughs> I'm honest, but yeah. Um, from there, they're asked to escort Montel, um, who's being transported on a bus um, from the uh, from prison to somewhere else. I know. And he escapes. He escapes. They got a, this is at this point. They got a naughty cop car behind them, who they think is obviously legit. And uh, this naughty cop car helps him escape. It does, but it doesn't escape too far because our heroes are close at bay and save the day yet again, going from one job to another without complaining. Yes, they do. And, uh, yeah, and I, will this go on their workload? Do you think? Uh, probably. Well, I'd I'll, imagine so. <laughs> I and uh, they save the day and and from realizing that they are extremely good at what they do um they are tasked to be in charge of transport in montel um to the federal penitentiary which is, is that different to a normal prison in america or is that just that the name for a prison there i, no, I, I have really no idea I, at this point i think i stopped caring but they were they were doing it and then obviously it fails did uh, it fails because uh um, well, it essentially does, doesn't it? One, one, one yeah, Montel offers a hundred million dollars reward to help his but escape. But this is the thing: you've got some guy here who, let's be honest, not many people know on TV. Are they going to really believe it? Probably not. You're going to think that's just some crazy madman, aren't you? Let's be honest. You're going to get a few idiots in a, you, yeah. you know, like you would always. But you wouldn't get complete gangs believing it and putting their lives on the line, etc. Which I thought was absolutely, which I thought was ridiculous. But now, it made me laugh, though. It was really funny because where's this, where's this money going to come from? Where, does he have a checkbook? Does he have a card? No, it's just absolute nonsense. So when it was a broadcast on TV or on the news, they showed a clip to some Latino gang, and then some Hispanic gang. Oh my and then gosh! Some black gang, and then it was like groups of pigeons watching it, going, "We could rescue him as well." Mine, mine, mine. And, Absolutely. Oh, it was just. Uh, Fucking nonsense! Yeah, yeah, He's yeah, fucking yeah, look yeah. off. Absolutely. Thanos was up there watching it, thinking, "I'm going to help out." And <laughs> you know, it was just—it just got ridiculous, didn't it? Um, oh, as you say, mate. If you saw that on TV, you think, "Yeah, that geezer's fucking nuts," and what absolute bollocks that is. Yeah, and then turn and then turn over. But unfortunately, a few people do believe it, so they end up organising this thing, including you know, including including the helicopter and everything. The helicopter at some point gets shot down, doesn't it? With, with everything, shoots the helicopter, shot yeah. in a million. Absolutely fantastic, good stuff. So they realise they've got to do it by by foot. At this point, as a cop, I'll just shoot the guy in the head and go. Oh, well, I was sorry. Really that, he got he got um, shot in the crossfire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh well. And Samuel Jackson didn't run down and catch a helicopter and uh, yeah. stop it from blowing up because they are just fucking heroes. Their ego could have caught it. I'm sure. Oh my god. And then you've got um, yeah, and, and then they ended up t- doing it on the ground. This was one of the few things I did like about the film. They basically got this big task force going along, and to, it, 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 to be fair, this is one of the few points of the film where where it felt quite tense. I mean, they're driving around, they ended up getting stopped, all these gangs come out, and it ended up being a big cunning wooze. There was a dummy in the car that everyone thought, and I thought, okay, that's good. I probably it didn't see that coming. Of night. Yeah. It did, yeah. It had that kind of Dark Knight element about it, the uh, car chase. But and then, as you say, I quite enjoyed that part. It was It was quite entertaining. You didn't know which convoy actually had a uh, montel in because even then um they didn't show you that the kind of our hero swat team were the ones kind of conveying him you f- i thought they were going by car as well I, I, so, I yeah you're right yeah but then it's 
thankfully it went back to being dog shit as when they're walking through the tunnel just about as, um, as they're going to kind of get the team together and TJ turns up late and he said, oh, I had some bad Thai food. And you know, you just and know that was at, so bad. Yeah. Why? Why? He looks at the camera and says, and he goes, but I'm good now. And you kind of think, I call bullshit on that one. Uh, that's I mean, no that's plot of, yeah, twist. That's the kind of thing that happens at a kid's pantomime, you know, not, not a bloody film. Um, yeah. He may as well have like broke the fourth wall and winked at the camera, you know? Oh, I, I, I would have actually given that film a point, a, a, a thumbs up, had, the, had he done uh, that. It would have been absolutely brilliant that everyone's just standing there and he turns around and winks. And because as if they were trying to put a plot twist in then, they did it the worst way possible. They may as well have just said nothing and uh, carried it on and then kind of started to shoot his own people. It would have been a lot better then. Yeah, rather yeah, than been, oh, no, well, yeah. you're right. So they start transporting him. Um, you've got kind of eyes up in the air with regards to the helicopters. Um, and then they're just transporting him by car. And TJ turns on his own folk um, and shoots the one who doesn't really talk, but he's got a moustache um, in the throat and, you think he's dead, but you find out at the end he's he's not dead. Again, uh, Jeremy Renner turns up as well. And for some reason, I do not know why, that they're willing to shoot one of them, but they don't shoot Colin Farrell. Again, it's it's nonsense, isn't it? Yeah, 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 for the, for the sake of it. And then, and then, I mean, to be fair, that scene, what I felt once again, that was quite tense. When they're going around, yeah, checkpoint two, you're going around, because you know something's going to happen, you're just waiting for it. I, I still felt quite tense. Then that, that the second time I felt tense. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, I think so, it scored quite high. <laughs> yeah, I know, uh, I know. <laughs> and then there's a pig outside my window. I'm on the first floor, <laughs> by the way. Um, yeah. So Montel and uh, Renner and uh, oh, what's his uh, TJ run down into the uh, the subway or the underground um, and jump on a train. The train gets stopped, and funnily enough, they are not on that train, which really surprised me because. Yeah. The way the tension was going through this film, I thought they'd be on that train. Did you? Yes, I did. I, I thought they'd be sitting there going, "Oh, you really? got us fair play." The uh, credits roll. <laughs> um, that's what I hoped. If I wasn't, if I'm honest, true at this point, but alas, I didn't get it. So, so the chase... that hasn't done it. Not other films, is it? Like Superman and different no, films like that. Of course not. Of course. Not. I mean, the chase continues, and at which point we're showing a plane at some point where I can't. We get into a plane. We know. Okay, while you while we're seeing this, this plane's going to involve the film in some way with the film. You know, you know the escape plot. Anyway, so, so they're they're running up, they're trying to catch with each other, and they end up um, obviously going to I forgot what the bridge. It's a famous bridge in America, wherever they are. Was it a famous bridge? Was it? I think it must be a famous bridge. Oh, but it was a big bridge. Any big bridge like that's got to be famous. I don't know what bridge oh, okay. it is because they're going through the um, like the sewer system, and uh, <coughs> at the start of the film, Samuel Jackson, who was a Marine, and Colin Farrell was a Navy SEAL, because you have to be, don't you? Yes, you, you do. You must be. You can't just be a normal person. So, see, see, I, I, I simply wanted Colin Farrell's character to, uh, yeah, I used to work at Pets at Home, and then there'd be some kind of like animal <laughs> thing he had to sort out. But, but <laughs> so it didn't happen. But you're right, it had to be Navy <laughs> It would have been awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. I served in Vietnam. Yeah, I was a Marine. What about you? I worked at Sainsbury's on the checkout. I, I worked at Sainsbury's. Wait, this is a Star 5 checkout with a scanner thing. I can sort this out. Wait there. Wait there. I know the code. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no. I'm good at pressing food. That's my skill. That's what I bring to the table. <laughs> I'm good at pressing food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to slice. I'm the fastest salami slicer in a Sainsbury's and wherever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would be so refreshing. But they're all you like need that. A film, you need a film like that with completely deadbeat cut with shit job previously that just don't have a clue. They just stumble. Ac- accounts. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah you're okay. special too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they, they go through the, the sewer system and um, they're locked in there and by now they've lost contact with Captain Fuller who thinks well maybe are they in on it as well we can't get hold of them they're comms um, and then Colin Farrell blows up the sewer system so they can escape and apparently he was an explosive expert and fucking yawn yada 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 and that was his skill that he brought to the table but I think your idea of pets at home would be a lot better. It would, wouldn't it? There's a hamster yeah, there. I'll communicate with him. I know where they went now. Yeah, um, <laughs> the rabbits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be great. You can send a message to the animals to cut them off. Yes, I know. Absolutely. That would have been brilliant. All the rats come out. Uh, this is, and this is obviously where they end up going to the bridge. You got, uh, they're racing to the, the race to the bridge because, wrongly, the lights on a, a nearby, but well, a far away-ish airport have been turned on. Yes. So quite rightly, they all go there thinking, oh, well, we'll catch them. Alas, that's not the case. It was a trick, Stu. Oh, my God, another twist. Surely not. And then the, and then the plane ends up landing. I mean, I thought that was quite a nice set piece, landing on the bridge. It looked quite good. Um, yeah, it was all right, yeah. I mean, it, it's been done before. Um, but the interesting part was, I mean, I was so bored while I was watching this film that when the plane's trying to take off with um, Montel in and TJ and, and Jeremy Renner and everyone, um, and I thought it was a really good tactics and it was completely believable that when um, Samuel Jackson is driving the limousine next to them and he rams the uh, limo into the private jet and makes it crash. And looking on the internet, just facts for you here, the, a private jet weighs 45,178 kilograms and a limousine weighs 2,172. So there's a f- um, 43,000 difference, kilogram difference in both of them. But still, Samuel Jackson is clever enough and skilled enough to ram a uh, plane off the road, even though there's 43,000 kilograms against him. That's yes. amazing. Yeah, that is, ama- that is amazing. If anyone else was driving, I'd call bullshit on that. But because Samuel Jackson's doing it, I believe it. I'm there with him. You're there. With I'm going to try and do that. Yeah, I'm going to try and do that in my Honda Jazz. I'm going to go oh, down to Heathrow. To be fair, so, so, so in our film, we've got the pets at home former guy driving his Honda Jazz, which happened to yeah. be there, which takes out the private yeah. jet. Yeah, with a roof box. That's what makes a difference. With a roof, with with a, with a roof box. <laughs> And then at the end of the film, they can all they can all make a joke about the roof box saving yeah. them, saving them, even though they were taking the piss out of him having a roof box at the beginning of the film, and then it, yeah. and then it ends. Exactly. Yeah. Then they find out it's got sleeping bags in or something like that, and that's what made the difference. And then they will laugh like at the end of a He-Man cartoon. <laughs> There's the a lesson to be learned there. There's a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Keep sleeping bags in your roof box. Um... Exactly. In case it snows. That's what I always believe in. Uh, that, that, that's very organised of you. To be fair, that's quite um, yeah. So, so they take out this, and this is this this kind of annoyed me in the film. Okay, you've got 
the, the, the big bad guy, the big foreign terrorist, whatever you want to call it, he ends up getting captured really, really easily. And then the bad guy you care even less about, Hawkeye, gets away, who has had uh, not been in the film at all. And then he has a fight with Colin Farrell and then he dies. I just thought that was such an anti-climax. It's just, but it was really clever, the way they built it up, that um, TJ's obviously suddenly gets the attack of the morals and conscience and kills himself in the plane. I really don't care. Then um, Montel runs away and then... Uh, um, LL Cool J makes some fucking tropey quote about him running away and uh, the next thing he's just caught him that's it. it it was the worst foot chase possible no shooting no diving no nothing it was a 20 yard foot chase and he caught him and it was just so fucking pointless he may as well have died in a fucking plane crash or it just I don't know. It didn't offer anything, did it? No. You kind of thought, what the fuck have I missed something? Yeah. So as you say, that they kind of build it up that Jeremy Renner's um, fight with Colin Farrell is the be or an end or it's the, the tension that's been building throughout this film and the fans get to see it and it's, and they go mano a mano. They, they could shoot each other. They could stab each other, but no, they don't. They decide to duke it out. And cause that's what real men do. That's not what I'd do because I'm not a real man, no, but it's what Colin I've, I've, I've got a gun. I'd be like, oh, that's a bit silly of you, bang. Um, yeah, and, and, that's and what then, I'd love to see. It was so tropey. And, and then, obviously, he dies. They go up there. They end up delivering the prisoner back. Well, or, or, yes. well not back, to the place where, you know, let's see your 100 million get a boyfriend you know, jokes, whatever they said there. Yeah. You know, you know it's just like, oh, seriously, eye-rolling, oh, for goodness sake. And then they're all sitting in the car – but another call comes out, even though they're 12 hours in there over time, they say, yeah, let's go. And at this point, let's be let's be a tiny bit realistic here. At no point would they be allowed to go, be in the SWAT team with the guns, uh, finishing that late. And then how are they going to get there? They're, they're, they're like in the desert, it seems. You yeah. know? So, I know, they're fucking miles away. And the, do you know, the driver of that truck was from the original SWAT TV series. Really? He is indeed, yeah. And no, no. as you say, you've you've only got LL Cool J, Colin Farrell, and uh, Rodriguez is injured because she gets shot. And um, even though it's like Kevlar, she's absolutely fine. Um, Samuel Jackson, it, it's it's just nonsense. Any normal person, public service, would say, "Fuck this! I've just worked thirty two hours, and that is it. I'm going home." But they are just. That's why I say they are so job pissed that they're willing to go to another job and pat each other on the back. Um, they're all American heroes and it's, it's nonsense. You never, you don't leave the film feeling good because they're heroes and they're out there protecting you, everyone. You think they're idiots. That's how yeah. I left the film. Yeah, that's what I did. I left the film thinking, fuck off. It's just nonsense. And another thing that I found amazing, when you look at the original TV series, obviously this follows on from the TV series, yeah. like the same characters and whatnot. And when they show um, the guy who no one knows and he's just got a moustache, that's what he's famous for, he's sitting in the, the armchair with his kids watching SWAT, the TV series, the original. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. That's and you good. kind of think, wouldn't, wouldn't he sit there thinking, blimey, I'm watching SWAT and I'm in SWAT and the captain of this program is the same name as the captain that I've got? And the other blokes I work with, they're the same names as the TV series. Isn't that weird? 
So he's kind of watching a program about himself. And you think, what a fucking weird thing. What, but what if he said that and he went, <laughs> and then the storyline changed. He ended up going to work and going, look, have you checked, seen this? It's the same name. What's going on here? Yeah. I know. Yeah, I was watching a film called SWAT or a program called SWAT, and everyone in it's got the same names as us. Isn't that weird? And it's just, isn't that just nonsense? Wouldn't you just think they kind of entered another dimension of bollocks? I know, I know. They go on the same missions as we do, and they're called the same as us. Yes. Wow. Oh, it's just fucking nonsense. It really is. So, so yeah. The film. So that is SWAT, and I know you're going to give it a five because the way you've been hyping it up. It's getting, it's getting a two, Stu. It's getting a two. Is it really getting a two? Maybe, a, yeah, it's getting a two. Oh, you were going to change then? Was was that oh, going to be a two gonna, and a half? Uh, I was nearly going to give it a two and a half, but I'm sure I've given better films a two and a half, so I don't think I can. I mean, the, the, the low bar, obviously, is the Sweeney. Um, that was zero, it, I think. So this is better than the Sweeney? Yes, I would rather watch this than the Sweeney. And that's saying yeah. something, yeah. I don't know about you. I would rather watch this than the Sweeney. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Okay, so you're. You? I mean, I, the best bit was, other than the credits, was there was a couple of there was one or two scenes where it did feel tense. We spoke about the worst bit was pretty much everything else. Not the plot holes, but the just the stupid decisions, the the the, the, the tropey lines. It's just eye rollingly bad. And this film is like it seemingly like came out a decade too late. Stu, over to you. I'm really surprised because all you've been doing is bigging this film up. (laughs) Boys and girls, my friend Stu's a liar. I have not been bigging this film up. (laughs) Um, (coughs) Excuse me. I'd probably give this a two out of five. Would you recommend it to anyone? Yeah, I've got a guy called Stu that might like it. Um, (laughs) No, no, no. I wouldn't recommend this to anyone. Would you say it's a hangover film or just... Would it give you a hangover? Or would you just never watch it again? I'd never watch it again. I probably liked it more the first time. Not that I liked it. That's probably the wrong, but I didn't. I watched it and I, and I didn't dislike it as much as I dislike it now, having watched it again. Maybe it's because I secretly begrudge watching it again, but I don't know. Did you see this when it first came out back in 2003? I worked at Blockbusters, and I think when it first came out to rent, I rented it. Ah, uh, did you pay for it? No. <sighs> Jesus, you think you're fucking better than everyone else, don't you? Yes. Just because you worked in a fucking video shop. Yes. It's quite historic now. Don't get video shops these days. So when you look back and tell your kids in years and years to come you worked in a video shop, they won't have a fucking clue what you're on about. Yes. How sad is that? See, I worked in a rival video shop. I worked in Apollo video. That's good. Good times. Yeah. Apollo was more kind of Gucci dark side if you knew about films you'd go in Apollo and get it if you didn't know about films you'd go in Blockbuster well clearly giving this film a two I, I know diddly squat about this film well so. I mean I'd give it a two um, I, I don't really think there were any highlights I mean it had Colin Farrell training montages which I think they're contracted to be in um, then it had the training montage for the whole film um, for the whole group uh, and it's just, it was just, it was awful. It was, um, it was quite hard to watch. Bear in mind, I watched it two or three times, um, just because really, which I blame you for, because you're so fucking unreliable in doing a podcast. I forgot all about it, so I watched it again, 
<laughs> like last week, saying, "Yeah, I'll do it." It's and not my. Week, it's not my fault. You've got the memory you for Guy Pearce. You let Lorenzo. me down again. Okay, and then I have man. to watch it again. <laughs> so I blame Maybe you because just because you're the fucking most unreliable person I've ever met, that I had to keep watching it again because I kept blanking it out right, of my mind. Then the next film then is going to be Street Fighter. No, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> They've wiped that from existence. You say this to you, yeah, but we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have to review it one day because you've made it such a big thing. I'm it's not possible. saying that's the next film. I'm not saying that's the next right. film. And the, the, the worst thing is, I remember it because I'm scarred. It's like when you get PTSD; <laughs> you never forget it. And Street Fighter has done that to me. So you keep mentioning it at some point. I think I think for our how many year, next year when we have our anniversary when that's the film we need to review because 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 it's become it's now become this big thing that you send it out on the on the Twitter webs should we review Street Fighter at some point even though I hate it until we see what people say hashtag well if, I'll tell you Street what Fighter. when we do Street Fighter I will we'll have to watch that together and do a live commentary podcast. okay I'll, I'll be up for that. Okay, for for our anniversary next year at some point, whenever that is, I think it's around April, yeah. isn't it, or, or March? Or, yeah. Um, we'll do our best to get together and what and commentate on the on the film yeah. Street Fighter. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm up for that. And that will be our what? How long are we doing this? Three years, have we? More than that. Yeah, I think it'll be our fourth so, year potentially. I think. Yeah, I think next year will be our fourth year. Yeah. So for our fourth year, we'll do it. That's if you're fucking reliable enough to I do thought it. I probably won't be. I'll, I'll, I'll be dead. I yeah, that. you probably will be. I yeah. probably would have murdered you, to be honest. To, to be fair. Yeah. But, so, um, yeah, so that, that was it, really. I don't know what film we're going to do next, because I apologise. I mean, I don't know when you're going to listen to this. I don't think it makes much of a difference. But James <laughs> still hasn't fucking released... Um, is it, Planet Terror. Uh, At the time of... Planet Google Terror. Was. Yeah. And after the next podcast, every time we record a podcast, folks, uh, <laughs> once we finish it, James will say those famous words. Yep, I'll uh, get onto that and I'll send it over maybe, uh, not tomorrow, the day after. And I always say the same thing in my mind, thinking that one devil on my shoulder, don't listen to him, he's talking complete <laughs> shit. And the other one says, yes, he is talking shit. And that's meant to be the fucking good one. Yeah, I'll bring it over and uh, don't worry, I'll send you the file. He fucking never does, folks. I have to hound him and hound him <laughs> and hound him because he's the most fucking unorganized person in the whole world. Yeah, so, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. To be fair, Nim was worse. Nim was worse. No, no. Nim never came with promises. Nim was just unreliable. You come with promises, and that's the difference. So, so, yeah, so you're now comparing me to a politician. Well, pretty much so. Pretty much so. Yeah. Right, so I, I am the colour... Theresa May of yeah. podcast organising. Yeah, exactly. I know what colour rosette you'd be fucking wearing. <laughs> so, and that's it. So I do not know when or how old you'll be when you listen to this or whether any of these actors will still be alive. I really don't know. But <laughs> Planet Terror will be out for you to listen to before this one because fuck knows when James is going to do this one. <laughs> okay, so today, let's put a little test on it. Today we're recording this on the 26th of July. And a lot of people subscribe to this, because, and I know this because we get a shitload of downloads, thankfully, from these kind, faithful people who do listen to this podcast. So 26th of July, people who subscribe, it will fall onto their queue. When do you think that will happen? Well, I reckon it will happen in 10 days' time. In 10 days. And in between that, yeah, we should be getting Planet Terror. When do you think that will happen? I reckon that will happen 
It'll be on people's feed on the 26th of July. Do you really think so? Yes. We'll see, though. We'll see. But by the time you've listened to this, it would have been on the 26th of July. We'll see. And if Stu's wrong, there's pretty much nothing I can do because he lives quite far away from me. But there we go. Exactly. Lucky for you, Sonny Jim. That's all right. <laughs> but so there we go, the boys and girls. I'm, I'm going to give you a choice, Stu, between two. Ooh, yeah, I like choices. You can choose. One's a documentary. Okay. Which is always interesting because I think we've only ever done one. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. What? You're going to talk about that documentary about SeaWorld. How did you know? The other one, the other one is The Karate Kid, the first one. I'll let you first decide. One. Yeah. I really don't mind. Which one do you like more? Well, I reckon probably The <laughs> No, you're not making me. To be fair, The Karate what? Kid is one of my favourite films, and it was a summer blockbuster. I figured we could, we could do that for our summer for our, well, with our end of July, beginning of August, it's probably end up going to be be up or whatever film, or August film. Okay. The Karate I'll Kid. do whatever film you want to do because I love you and that's the kind of guy I am. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we'll do The Karate Kid. Okay, no worries. The Karate Kid it is. Banzai, Daniel San. Banzai. There we go. <laughs> that's a clip to the next one. <laughs> and, like and, and I, will, I, will, I will put it out there. It is one of my favourite films. Yeah. So, Stu, I've already chosen the film we're going to do after The Karate Kid. Have you? It's going to be The Raid. Yeah. The only reason why we're doing that, I want that hanging over your head so you don't slag my, my film off so much. Do you know, that's, actually, that's such a fucking weak thing to do. Do you know that? That really is, is, is such a is. fucking I'm a weak sm- I'm boy an... thing to do. <laughs> it's like a spoiled child. <laughs> You really need to safeguard that film by putting another <laughs> film in that I like, yeah. don't you? Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Fuck you, now. I didn't realise you were that shallow. I am, I'm I am. That we're doing this on the podcast so people can see your true colours. Yes, they can. This is what can. I have to put up with, boys and girls. Well, I, I need this to safeguard my favourite film from, from, from damage or hurt, from, from, the, from the evil stew. Um, well, I'm going to choose, from my choice, I'm going to choose a film which I know you really like. Oh, what's that? I don't know. I just choose fucking Harry Potter or something like that. See, I don't, no, because I, <laughs> no, I know you don't want to watch it. You don't want to put yourself through that. Through one of your choices, you see. If, if it honestly, if I can ruin the film and slag it off, and it'll upset you, <laughs> it'll really be worth it. Okay. I'd get my face tattooed if it was an absolute pain. If I knew it'd hurt you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there we go, boys and girls. I'm sure we're. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be friends again come the beginning of the next. Uh, <laughs> and, and as, soon as, we, as soon as we hang up, I'll tell you I love you. I love That's you all. Too. We'll see you later, guys. Thanks for listening and thanks for putting up with our bullshit. Hope you've enjoyed the pod.